Welcome to Community Conversations, the See You Around community podcast all about you, your neighbourhoods and the people living in them. Each week we meet a lovely community member living locally and learn all about them, their passions and what attracted them to their neighbourhood. This week, the UAE's favourite magician Magic Phil joins us. We find out all about what brought Magic Phil to the UAE, what it's like to publish a book and what the future has in store for our favourite magical man. This is Community Conversations. Hello, Phil. Hello. Or Mr. Magic, Sir Magic, Lord Magic, or Magic Phil. How would you like to be addressed? We'll go with the Lord Magic. Lord Magic. Hello, Lord Magic. Um, How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me in your nice Swiss studio. Thank you very much. It's my home studio. Um, This is... Obviously, Community Conversations, thank you so much for joining. So I want to ask two questions, first and foremost. Okay. Who is Magic Phil, and who is Phil? Me. Okay, great. So how was COVID? (laughs) Well. (laughs) No, so really, honestly, so who's Phil, and where did Magic Phil come from? Tell us the story. Oh, good question. So Mm -hmm. Phil, it's actually a question I've never been asked. Really? Magic Phil was... The actual character that we all know, the, the green cap, like the schoolboy, Jimmy Cranky kind of character that we all know, didn't really fully develop until my second year in Dubai. In Dubai? Oh, wow, yeah. okay. No, I was Magic Phil in the UK. Yeah. Um, I toured pantomimes and all the holiday parks and stuff. Magic Phil was always a character. Um, I always did magic in my act. When I came out here, the green, fun fact, I hate green. Don't like green. Don't tell the kids that. <laughs> don't like green. I really don't like green. More so now, I don't like green. Interesting. And I sent a picture off to my branding guy when I wanted to create this character. Because okay. it was always, for me, when I got told, it was always important to have an image. Yeah. Whatever your brand is, I wasn't into brands. And they actually used Mr. Bean as an example. For you? For me, they said, okay, so a kid would instantly... How did you feel about that? <laughs> but for me, that actually made me realise, mm-hmm. like, if a kid's at a young age see him in a movie, they, they don't associate it with that character. But when they see Mr Bean and that outfit... Oh, I see Whether it's mean. a cartoon or whether it's real life, they know that is Mr Bean. So when you're out and about in your normal clothes, not in uniform, is it the parents that spot you, not the kids? Well, not when I'm having coffee with you. Like oh yeah! Tire that time we were sat talking about. So do you get recognised a lot? I'm like, yeah, I do. And then you're like, no, I don't really. Never. And then this woman comes up. Go, oh my gosh, Bella! But then I'm like, yeah. where's the kids? It's me. <laughs> well, yeah. No, it was you side. that got the got it all there. I've you... never really been spotted. So yeah, that was like a first for me. And she got her pictures out of a bag and started signing them. So is it? But it, it's mainly the pet. Like I would be stood in a queue in a supermarket and I'll have some fully grown man stood behind me going, stay silly. And I'm, like, I'm not turning around. I'm not turning around. He's like, stay silly. And I'll turn around and go, oh mate, my kids love you. I'm like, yeah, but if your kid was in the queue, he wouldn't be doing that. Yeah. You know, and they just, they love it. You know, it's always the dads or other mums will come over and oh, my kids love you. And, and you know, that's... That's the point. That's, that's what so it is, like, yeah. You know, it's... Is it rewarding yeah. for you? And yeah. if I ever see a child or a child recognises me in the supermarket, I'll always give my time. Since having baby magic, do you feel like your dad jokes are getting tenfold? I'm allowed to say them now. I am allowed to say dad jokes. I have that official title now. I've even been approved and verified on Twitter to a dad joke community. Did you come out here planning to be Magic Phil? Planning to be a children's entertainer 
Did you think that your career, or you would be your own boss at this point? Mrs. Magic and I mm-hmm. came out for a two-week holiday. Like, purely, it was a holiday to come out and see her parents. We, I had a pantomime contract to go back to play one of the Ugly <gasps> Sisters. Okay. Oh, yes, I did. And um, <laughs> Hannah had a... Hannah was due to go back to go on tour with a Take That tribute band as well. And so we both had contracts to go back and we came here for one week and we just fell in love with the place and never went home since. In fact, I should call my parents. <laughs> so Mom, crazy. if you're listening, <laughs> I'm in Dubai. Just so you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm safe, no worries. I'm with Bella. Hiya. Um, okay, uh, so was that, so that moment, two weeks at the two-week stage of your holiday and you went, I could make it as a kid's magician. Is that what you thought? Or no, what did you think you were no, going to do? Because we... I always did that and I always, you know, I always did the magic and all that kind of stuff. And Hannah, as well, always did the dancing side of it. We actually, when we came out, we fell in love with the place and we didn't even think about Jobs. what we were going to do. I was <laughs> I was applying for, like, like these party centres and stuff and just going in and be like, really? yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, just work on the counter. And Hannah was applying for like waitresses jobs and oh, stuff. Oh, wow, and okay. I remember my very, very first gig and it was at the Oasis Centre. And I went on stage because I, I got talking to some guy when we, were, when we were out and stuff and I was telling him what I'd done. And he actually worked for a kids entertainment company out here that is no longer. And, um, and he actually called me and gave me a gig at Oasis Mall. This was whilst I was on holiday. So I had none of my stuff, none of my stuff, had nothing with me. So it was a a Daiso job, you know, go there, spend spend a couple of pounds and, you know. Don't give away your secrets. If it's a Daiso job, I'll get started. Go get yourself to Daiso. (laughs) How you make it. And I went on stage and I remember being so nervous, not because I was nervous of the audience. It was purely because I never performed in Dubai. I didn't know what the reactions would be. I had, a, I had a bag of just cheap stuff from Daysell, which is an amazing store, by the way. <laughs> and it, the, the crowd just went crazy. Mm. Then I went back after that gig that night, and it was just in my head. It was, the reactions were great. Yeah. It was, you know, I was funnier than in the UK, and I don't know <laughs> what it was. I don't know. It, and for me, that was like a massive, massive boost. Because oh, I was going to ask a silly question. No, ask. I realised, I was going to say, like, how was it when you got back and did a gig, but you never left, did you? No, yeah. never, never left. And we, and I was saying to Hannah, and I was like, do you know, we had this discussion, we were in the pool, and we just looked, and we knew what we both were just like a light trying bulb. to say to mm-hmm. each other. And she knew that that gig meant a lot to me. Um, I knew Hannah felt the same as well. She wanted to stay here, and then that's when the work, really started it, it was just crazy because then i put out to all like these event companies and stuff and all these kind of things sent my stuff everywhere yeah and then things started coming back and because i got here right at that time mm. there was no other children's magicians here there's magicians okay and we're all friends we've all got our little whatsapp groups oh and, that's you know, it's so all sweet that, yeah. friends magic friends yay but yeah we're all in our group and we are our best agents yeah you know if there's no gig for them they'll post it in the group and that's it now these are all you know close-up magicians adults cards kind yeah, so yeah. it doesn't really help me out but they may get a call for a kids magician or whatever and it'll help me um no one goes on my websites and sees a guy in a green cap and green shorts and thinks 
let's book him for our formal evening dinner. Um, let's put him in a nightclub. Just doesn't happen, <laughs> does it? And it just grew from there. Every gig was bigger and better. And then it got to the point where, right, now I need to brand myself. Yeah. Because I was due to go home that Christmas um, to do a panto. And panto is a massive thing Mm -hmm. in the UK. And for me as well, I did panto since I was six, seven. And Amateur did it then. And then I did it professionally from the age of 16. Did you know that there was a panto scene here? Not at this time. Okay. Because then, that's when I did my first ever panto. I produced it myself, wrote it myself, did everything myself. And I actually got another cast member to be in it with me. And I made 70 domes, sold out two shows. Well done. (laughs) Yes. I'm in. I'm in. But after that, it won awards, Time Out Kids Awards, you know, Best Family Production. Mm -hmm. It, it really that panto put me on the map Amazing. cost me a fortune it's so interesting because it, it put me on the map the most interesting thing about like hearing all of this stuff is what, what you're telling me you're i was 22 when this was all happening so i what, didn't have kids i didn't i wouldn't have known anything about you because yeah. i didn't go to panto as too old like it just wasn't my thing so Hearing all of this stuff now, it's actually, it's genuinely fascinating. Like, I didn't realise that you wrote it yourself and that you've done a lot of this just by building it yourself. That's incredible. Not a lot of people do. And no one reads a programme in the theatre. No one reads all the credits at the end of a movie and all that. (laughs) They don't do it. And after that second year, my pantomimes grew and grew. The third year, I did Jack and the Beanstalk. I flew out cast. Amazing. Then I went to a bigger theatre. Was this with... so? This was me. So your this production is company? My production. Wow. So, right, uh, do you, I would have sewn the costumes if I could. I'm one of those. Wow. Has to do everything. I, I designed the costumes, I did the stuff, write the scripts, do all that kind of stuff. And even, even back then, wrote the music. That's amazing. And the songs. And it was, since then, it was like, right, how can I grow now without getting a full team of dancers, without getting a full-on production? Yeah. And seeing the feedback and some of it negative, some of it not, but it all helped. And it was like, there's not enough magic. There's not enough magic fill. There's not, because I was concentrating more on the production yeah. and more about the other cast members and you can sing there. You know, I've not got the strongest singing voice, so I need to use your singing voice to fill in that gap there. And then I can go off and then, but a lot of the feedback was, there was not enough me. People yeah. spend but the I, money to see me. Yeah. And it's, so then... That's when I, I was like, right, this year, I can't do Panto. I lost my sponsors because of COVID. They yeah. wouldn't pay for ads and stuff. So then that's when I moved to the QE2. And then much bigger audience, yeah. 300 seats. We did uh, yeah, did seven shows over Christmas, and it was just me. You know, it's the mums and dads and the kids as well that have really helped with this journey. You know, it's not it's not all me. Yeah. No way I can take all that credit. Yes, I, you know, I work hard producing these shows, but if people don't buy tickets if people don't talk about me if people aren't posting on social media then i aren't get i aren't oh, sorry english teacher um then i aren't getting I've done it again. <laughs> then i ain't is it ain't i'm not i'm not yeah. i am i am not i'm not getting i'm finished the sentence. i'm not getting you don't remember the start of the sentence either do you <laughs> yeah so if it wasn't for the parents then you know, there's no way I would be where I am today. Yeah. I always knew of you, 
But obviously, after having children, that's when you're like, okay, right, well, I'll follow Magic Phil on Instagram. When I start watching your stories and then I watch all the promo for your books, I was like, you write books? You publish books? So I want to know, what is the process of writing, publishing, touring a book in the UAE? What's that like? Do you know what? This book was actually, this book was written years ago. I wrote it on, might have been a napkin, might have been a piece of paper, might have been on whatever it was. You know, I'm one of these people that has their phone by their bed at night and a notebook. If I wake up in the middle of the night, I have an idea, I write it down. My phone is... It's got everything. My my next my next Christmas show's written already on my phone. My next book's written on my phone. Wow. My my wedding speech on my phone. If I if I think of jokes, gags, it's all written on my phone. And it was only when when I started doing a book segment on the radio and this lady contacted me, um, Young Author Academy, who publishes books written by children. So she came on with a couple of young authors, and uh, she's brilliant. I make a. She published books for kids, and I thought that was amazing. That was, and some of the books I saw, it was brilliant. And then she said, "You know, oh, well, this is amazing. What can I, what can I do for you? You know, and, and that's when, ding. Well, actually, I've got a book. Yeah, well, it's not a book. It's just you know, it's a couple of pages of my notes thing. But I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah, and I shared it with her, and she says, "Yeah, that's brilliant." This is great. The main bit was the message to the children about following their dreams and being able to be what they want to be. Yeah. And the first book was about a dog that wanted to be blue. Yeah. Silly thing, but he did it, and it proved that anything's possible if you do it. I want to find out more about the book. And available what? at Dyson. Um, <laughs> too it's much. It's not available. <laughs> no, it's not. It's no. not. Bookworm. Available at Bookworm and on Amazon. I showed her it, we shared it, and then it was actually the designer at my work who illustrated it, the first one, Amazing. and uh, Fatima Thani. Woohoo! And we put this book together, a long process, really long process. People think it's easy. Mm. I'd be lying if it if I said it was. It really, back and forth, and you'd think a children's book, which has four lines per page, yeah. is like, oh, anyone can do that. Quite simple, but yeah. It really isn't. You know, this book's going out to schools. You know, it's, I mean, my English, my grammar, oh, my grandma's got nothing to do with this. You know, my English, my grammar, <laughs> grandma, I said grandma again. My English and grammar is not the best. Okay. You know, it's, so that needed to go through, you know, editing. It needed to go to teachers. I sent it to, um, I sent it to a couple of teachers in the UK. Yeah. But then the pictures and then the templates and then piecing it all together. And then the publishing of it. When you get that book in your hand and you, you read it, it is not even read it, but you see it, and it's got a barcode. You can feel it, and it's... And you can feel yeah. it, and you can smell it, and it, it's like, it's yours, it's your book. It's got your name in it. You know, my first book was dedicated to all the children around the world, and just seeing it, and it's it's brilliant. Yeah. And then you take it around the schools. I did a school tour. I, I had all the dog puppets, the animations. I had a song. I had all of this. And I toured the schools. All my books went out there. And then I caught the book. I just really wanted to write another one. Yeah. That's when I wrote another one, part of the series. So the next one was The Camel That Loves Red. And again, about a camel that finds something red, goes to another country, gets bullied, camels don't belong in England and all this. And every book has a, a message which is important and that's what really helps. Yeah. Well, children's books schools. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, this second book, I had another eight-week tour planned. 
sold out, eight-week tour, two schools a day. Mm -hmm. Then we were hit with a big C. Wow. And then after that, that was... (laughs) My publisher had about 2,000 books in the garage, all ready to go out to the schools. They were all pretty much sold yeah i had the tour schedule done i had all the puppets done i had all everything so you still have all of that yeah, yeah. i did one show yeah i did it at a, a, a smart vision school wow. that was my first show and then that night schools were shut lockdown and then that's when i went into i'm one of these people that have to be out there have to be performing have yeah. to be working and that's when i went into a a weird place. A rut. I feel like COVID was really good for you, though. I feel like you have come out of COVID. Well, we're still very much in a pandemic, yeah. but, you know, we're very lucky to live where we are, where the majority of us are now vaccinated. Events are coming back. You're now back at brunches, which is really exciting. I feel like you getting onto social media and doing things virtually has built a virtual audience who were now ready to actually see you perform live when you're able to do that again. I feel like there was just this jump for you. I don't know if you agree, but that was a, that's the perception I've had. So I don't, I just feel, I mean, you hit 10,000 followers. That's very exciting. You know, all of that sort of stuff makes me go, yes, COVID was horrible. I wasn't able to work properly, but you really, really took advantage of everything you possibly could have. What I thought was the important side of it, like it ruined me because it was like, I can't be out there. I can't be on stage. I can't be out there reading my books. I can't be out there doing this. And that's when I went virtual. I started doing, I turned my tour into a Zoom tour. Yeah. So the books got delivered to the schools if they were at schools. If not, every book got individually delivered to the child's house that's amazing um, and i went virtual and i'll happily say i didn't like it yeah but it was the best thing that i could do to provide entertainment for children and then, keep your brand alive and as that's well. it yeah and that was the second thing i had to keep there's such a turnaround of children such a turnaround of you know that's a that's interesting What's, what is your age range so my age range is three to eight three to eight okay no there will be I've been here for some of the kids' whole life. Yeah. And they've grown up, they've, they've watched every panto with me, and then it's the turnaround of their siblings. Yeah. They hit, they hit double figures, 10, too cool for Magic Phil. Yeah. But you still come to my show. <laughs> and they're still there, like, secretly, like, you know, because they knew they used to love you, they knew how their siblings feeling. Mm-hmm. And there's been a massive turnaround of fan base this year, and I've noticed it a lot with my show and just with what I get tagged in on social yeah. media. Where do you see the future for Magic Phil? What do you want to do? I've got probably about 10 years left of Magic Phil. Okay. Before I start looking like that guy. Granddad Phil. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, back to Mr. Bean. This yeah. is why he doesn't do it anymore. He'll lose that image. Mm. Kids won't recognise him. You won't recognise that brand. That's not Mr. Bean. You yeah. Know? So I can always write books and hide behind a book. I can... I'm starting now YouTube, mm-hmm. so I'm filming now whilst I, I'm still looking like Magic Phil and yeah. got the energy to be Magic Phil because they will always be there. The views will be there. I mean, you the can way always that do that. The way that you're saying it is like that you like that you're really old. You're not old, but I it's know like I'm not old, but it's it's that image to a kid. I'm a kid. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Actually, Magic yeah. Phil is a kid. I could chat for ages. Actually, I could chat forever because I feel like it's so interesting there's so much to talk about but we will have to end it there we have been chatting forever (laughs) we have (laughs) but um thank you so much for joining me thank you so much for sharing everything you did and um i'll see you next time see you next time (laughs) 
And she's going to say it. Day Jelly. <laughs> so much to magic phil for joining me today you can find him on instagram at one magic phil if you want to be part of community conversations make sure you email info at seeyouaround.app for all things community events and lifestyle download the see you around community app now